Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate, Terry, and Mete. What's up, guys? How's it going? All right. In today's episode, uh, we're just going to jump into more playoff basketball. We got some round two action to talk about. We'll talk about some games from the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we'll just take a look at some of the Monday games uh, underway as we're recording. Then Uh, We'll just head into our series outlooks and just uh, sort of talk about how each series is going. I think one or two of them have already wrapped up. And then uh, we'll just close out with uh, a sort of a preview of Tuesday and Wednesday's game slate. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Uh, We'll start with Friday's games in the NBA, a lot of playoff basketball Uh, Let's just touch on some of the games here. The first one, Philadelphia 76ers beating the Atlanta Hawks 127 to 111. Uh, It's a big win for the Sixers. I know that they were disappointing in game one, but uh, in games uh, two and three, they just really came to play. Um, This was game three. And uh, I guess just a solid effort from both teams, but the 76ers just really, um, they just went all in and, they just pretty much took this game uh, handily. And uh, Terry, let me just get to you first on this. Um, I guess uh, this puts Philly up 2-1 in the series. I guess, uh, what did you think about uh, the way Philly played in this game? Philly played great tonight. I mean, you can't really discredit them in any way. With Danny Green going down probably within like the first five, six minutes of the game. I mean, they just circled around that injury and then they just helped each other when the time came, I mean, everyone was nailing the shots and the bench was even getting their points in. Uh, where do I even start? Uh, Frank Korsman, 14 points. Dwight Howard with the 12. Uh, I believe near the end of the quarter, I believe uh, Joe, uh, George Hill had a nice three-pointer. And I mean, they just played great as a team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we can't discredit what the Hawks did, but Philly was clearly the better team in this game. Um, I guess just looking at some of the stats uh, for Philly in this game, um, it looks like Joel Embiid did lead them in points in this game uh, with 27. And I mean, uh, he was just fantastic rebounding nine to lead the team, as well as leading them in assists with eight. Embiid led them in every single category. He clearly was the best player in this game. And um, Mati, I'm just going to get to you about the Hawks. Uh, I think most of us did take uh, the Sixers to win this series, but you had a little bit of faith in the Hawks that they could maybe win one or two games. I guess, what do you think of the Hawks so far? Uh they had a great game one, but the last few games, they just haven't been able to win. Um, talking about this game specifically, I thought they were pretty efficient from uh, the field goal. They shot 48%, but they shot uh, poorly from the three-point line, only 26%. And in today's NBA, we know how important three-point shooting is. Uh, their bench got outplayed by the 76ers bench um, outside of Danilo Gallinari and Lou Williams they didn't have a double digit scores they had a Kevin Horder play 23 minutes and he only put up three points on one of six shootings so 
they need a better game from him. And the starting five was actually pretty good, except Solomon Hill. He got 14 minutes as a starter. Um, I feel like Nate McMillan can just drop him from the rotation and start Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, I mean, just looking at some of the stats here from the Hawks, uh, Trey Young led them in points with 28. Um, and then I guess in rebounds, it was Clint Capella. He added 16 there. Um, and then uh, just looking at the assist leader, it was also uh, Trey Young with eight. So, um, I mean, this team, they played as well as they could. I know Philly's really cracking down on the defense, I guess. Um, Nate, I'll just get to you. And uh, is Philly's defense just too much for the Hawks to overcome uh, in this series? Um, it looks like it might be, especially, um, I guess, with Ben Simmons. I think he's one of the best defenders um, in the league, especially at his position. So it's going to uh, be hard when you have people like Danny Green and Ben Simmons uh, guarding your players. But at the same time, um, the Hawks do have the spacing to kind of make up for um, the tight defense that 76ers are playing on them. So uh, just like what Mete said, it pretty much comes down to how well they can shoot. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that um, the Hawks will need to shoot a bit better. It is tough. Philly is one of the best defensive teams in the league. So I guess we'll have to see um, what uh, the Hawks do against Philly moving forward. But let's just get into the second game from Friday night. We had the Phoenix Suns uh, beating the Denver Nuggets by a score 116 to 102. Uh, this put them up in the series 3 0. Um, Devin Booker uh, and Chris Paul led the Suns in points with 28 and 27, respectively. And DeAndre Ayton uh, led in rebounds with 15. And then in assists, of course, it was Chris Paul leading with eight there for the Suns. Um, this time, uh, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess, what did you like from the Suns so far in this game and I guess in the series in general? The Suns were very efficient this game. They shot 53% from the field, 46% from three, 90% from free throw. And they only had 12 turnovers. And that's a recipe for success. Uh, like I said, their starting five was very efficient and they had a great performance. But to be specific, um, Chris Paul, he almost triple-doubled. Same for Devin Booker, close to a triple-double. And DeAndre Ayton also had a nice double-double. The only negative I have for the Suns is their bench could be better as they didn't have any double-digit scores. But outside of that, they played amazing. Yeah, I mean, just looking at their field goal percentage you were just talking about, there was only one player under 47%, and that was Kaminsky. He only had one shot. So, I mean, if your whole team is shooting over 47%, I think that's pretty much a recipe for success right there. And, um, Nate, I'll get to you uh, sort of on the nuggets in this game. Um, they really put themselves in a hole going down 3 nothing in the series. Nikola Jokic led the team with 32 points, obviously, and I mean, he led in every single other category as well. 20 rebounds, 10 assists. That's a big milestone game for him, the 30, 20, and 10. Um, I guess uh, even with that uh, output from Jokic, it's it's pretty much just not enough for the Nuggets at this point. Yeah, and I think um, Jokic was also ejected from one of those games, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I guess I was looking at the score sheet here. I guess Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon 
Paul Millsap, they didn't have a great uh, game either. Um, Jokic, like you said, he's not going to be able to do everything by himself. Um, he's going to kind of need, uh, I guess, people like Aaron Gordon to kind of have um, good shooting nights as well. Um, I think Will Bar- Barton and Monte Morris stepped up, so they're going to have to continue, um, I guess, playing the way that they've been playing last game. And hopefully they'll be able to at least get one one game up, and that's kind of where it starts. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, Terry, let me just get to you. Um, I guess if Jamal Murray was playing in this series for the Nuggets, I guess, um, where do you see them stacking up against this Phoenix team? I know, um, you know, the Phoenix winning, going up 3-0, and then we're going to talk about them eventually winning 4-0. Um, yeah, I guess, where do you see the Nuggets stacking up if they had Jamal Murray in this series? If you had Jamal Murray into this Denver Nuggets lineup, I feel like they do a little bit better. The series might be 2-1 Phoenix after this game, maybe even... I believe one, two, if they, the Nuggets got lucky. But I feel like this Suns team just is built so well, not just from the three-point line, but we're talking like everywhere on the court. On the defensive end, they do excellent in the mid-range and down in the paint. Uh, their passing is crisp. I mean, you can't really fault uh, the Nuggets. They're just running into a tougher Phoenix Suns team at the moment. Um, Jamal Murray is a big asset to this Nuggets team, as we all know especially back in the bubble where he was just going off consistently on a night-to-night basis. Um, it does help them just due to the fact that you don't have to rely on guys like Frank Compazzo and Austin Rivers in your starting lineup to do some of the scoring. You just let them do their playmaking and defense and maybe in another realm or another universe, this would be a different series. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you could really tell – uh, from the Nuggets, um, I guess, uh, uh, backcourt that they were just uh, not healthy at all. I know that um, a guy like, uh, you know, Will Barton, um, Monte Morris, and, and others, they just, uh, they weren't fully healthy in this series. Um, obviously, Jamal Murray not playing. Um, when you have Rivers and Compazzo starting, like you said, it's, it's just, there's not really much that you can do about a, a backcourt that features both Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, um, yeah, it's pretty rough for the Nuggets overall. And we'll just get to Saturday's game now. The Clippers uh, beating the Jazz 132-106 at home. And this is pretty much a bounce back for the Clippers. They lost the first two games of the series, but they come back and win game three. Um, Nate, I'll just start with you on the Clippers. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll just start with the fact that they seem to be going down 2-0 every series, but... Uh, they really seem to be coming back, I guess. Uh, do you think that the Clippers can sort of take this win and, and move forward to sort of tie the series? Um, I mean, it's possible, but it's going to be really tough to do against um, a Jazz team that's as stacked as they are at the moment. Um, I mean, the Clippers, they are also stacked on paper as well. Um, so I guess if all their players have a really good night again, then uh, it's possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just looking at some of the stats for the Clippers, um, it looks like Kawhi Leonard led them in points with 34, but I mean, Paul George also had 31. I mean, he had one of his best playoff performances to date. And then just looking at the rebounds, Kawhi Leonard had a double-double adding 12 rebounds. And then 
Um, I mean, he also led them in assists with five to go with Paul George having five also. I mean, those two pretty pretty much put on a clinic. Um, I guess Mete just getting to you um, on this. Um, I mean, is Paul George and Kawhi going to have to carry uh, every night for this team to win or do they have like other options? Uh, I feel like they definitely need to carry. Um, they are stacked, but it's uh, like when you have Kawhi and Paul George, those two need to be showing up every night. And in game three, they did great. They both had 30 plus points, I believe. Uh, Reggie Jackson and Batum also had 17 points each. So it's nice to have that support, but we know um, uh, in the NBA, it's tough to ha- have a, uh, tough to have um, performances like that each night. So once uh, when you know that your supporting cast won't be consistent, you just have you need to have Kawhi and Paul George, your two star players carry. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the Clippers recipe for success. And uh, the games that Paul George was not showing up, uh, it was clear that this Clippers team just couldn't compete against this Jazz team. And Terry, I'll get to you on the Jazz here. Um, it it looks like that, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell was limited in this game. I mean, he still dropped like, what, 30 points to lead the team. Obviously, Gobert leading them in rebounds with 10. And then um, Mitchell adding four assists to lead the team as well. I mean... Uh, I guess, what does this team need to do uh, that they didn't do in this game? I guess just moving forward in like games four and five. In games four and five, you just got to hope that your bench also provides some scoring when you got to give the starters some rest. I mean, Arison Ilyasova is only four points, even though he went one for two on shooting. And then you got Georges Nang. I believe he went, unfortunately, he only had 11 minutes and probably had one shot. But you're hoping for guys like them, as well as Derek Favors, to help out Jordan Clarkson on the second unit. Uh, this is a team sport, as we all know. Sometimes it's not just the one or two guys that are your stars you rely on. Teams like the Utah Jazz that rely on that system, they need to focus on guys um, six through probably ten in the rotation to help out the starters. And unfortunately, they didn't get the scoring outside of Jordan Clarkson this game. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that uh, Utah should be better next game. I know Mike Conley has been out for them, but I think Donovan Mitchell will play um, in uh, game four. So that definitely um, is a good sign uh, for this team. And then just getting to the Sunday scores, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Brooklyn Nets 107 to 96. Uh, They tie the series at 2-2. Obviously, this is sort of overshadowed by the news of Kyrie Irving's injury. Um, Both him and James Harden are ruled out for game five in the series. Um, This time, Mete, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Can Brooklyn win this series with only Kevin Durant in the lineup and those two being out? I feel like Brooklyn can definitely win the series without uh, their two-star players. Um, I say that because I believe in their depth. It's just this game, they weren't good enough. Like, outside of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving was the only double-digit scorer in this game, and he only played 17 minutes and got hurt, like we know. Uh, I think guys like Blake Griffin, he needs to step up. Um, We know what he's done in the past. And then... Even guys like uh, Mike James, I'm a fan of. Uh, TLC needs to be knocking down his threes. And this game specifically, their efficiency was horrible. 
He shot 43% from the field, 30% from three, 78% from the line, and 17 turnovers. So when you have a game like that, you're probably not going to win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just looking at this team, Kevin Durant led them in points with 28, in rebounds with 13, and in assists with five. So this offense was pretty much running through KD. And I mean, if they put triple coverage on him, I guess, uh, like you're saying, the secondary scorers really got to capitalize. They got to bury their threes. They got to make their layups, you know, do their thing. Um, And I guess, Nate, I'll just get to you on the Milwaukee Bucks. They win this game. Um, They tie up the series, obviously, Yanis leading them with 34 points. Uh, He also leads them in rebounds with 12 in this game with Drew Holiday adding nine assists. Uh, I guess, what do you think about the Bucs and I guess their chance to win the series uh, since Brooklyn's missing two of their stars? I mean, with um, Harden and Kyrie out, this is basically their opportunity to kind of um, take the momentum of the series. And um, I guess it'll also depend on not just game five, but um, game six and game seven as well. I think at this point, we could uh, see a seven game series between them, depending on how things turn out, but um, it's possible for um, the Bucks to take the series, but um, the Nets are still the Nets, so we'll just have to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's definitely something we'll keep an eye on is the injury status. I know game five might be that opportunity as both of those players have been ruled out, but I guess, Terry, I'll just get to you. Um, I guess how are the the Nets going to sort of run their offense. Like I know I mentioned that uh, of course they got to give it to KD, but I mean, you can only do so much in like double or triple coverage. So I guess, what do you think that they have to do to sort of uh, efficiently run an offense? Just to efficiently run an offense, uh, Steve Nash, uh, they brought Steve Nash in the off season and he's basically going to have to figure out how to draw up some plays for whether it's Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, um, Nicholas Claxton coming off the bench, even Blake Griffin. Uh, there's only so much you can rely on with your star scorer like Kevin Durant. And having said that, I said it in the previous matchup, it's a team game and you're going to have to involve the rest of your players. You got guys like DeAndre Jordan, uh, Shamith coming off the bench as well. I mean, this Brooklyn team should be able to get some scoring coming off the bench, but unfortunately in the past game or in game three, this wasn't the case. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that definitely Brooklyn needs to figure out something. Um, And I think, like Nate said, Milwaukee, this is their perfect time to, you know, uh, just grab a win in Brooklyn if possible for game five. But uh, let's just move to the final game from Sunday. Obviously, the Phoenix Suns closing out their series against the Nuggets with a 4-0 sweep. Uh, They win 125 to 118. Uh, Just looking at some of the stats for Phoenix here, um, Chris Paul led them in points with 37. Uh, What a performance for him. Uh, Devin Booker leads in rebounds with 11 and Chris Paul adding seven assists to lead the team. This time, Terry, I'll start with you. Um, I guess, what do you think of Phoenix's sweep in the series? Amazing. Uh, a lot of people probably expected the Nuggets to put up more of a fight, maybe even win the series just because of the fact they have Nikola Jokic. But as always, I'll still preach it. It's a team sport. And unfortunately, uh, the other guys didn't show up sometimes. Um, I believe this... I hate Nick picking, but I mean, Aaron Gordon, three for eight. Yeah, he got, he converted his charity stripe numbers, but um, you're hoping for a little bit more from your, uh, what do they call those acquisitions after the deadline? 
keep forgetting them. I call them deadline acquisitions. Deadline but... acquisitions. Yeah. yeah. We'll probably I'll probably remember it in another episode, but you're hoping for more coming out of Aaron Gordon. Uh some nights you just run into the better team, and unfortunately the Suns were the better team for the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic did get ejected this game, I believe. And um the Suns capitalized. Uh Chris Paul, a great playmaker, as we all know. He kept finding the guys that were open, whether it was Booker, Crowder for three, uh, Bridges cutting to the paint, or Aiton inside, on the inside. And it was just a better night for the Suns. Yeah, for sure. I know you were talking about, um, I guess, Denver's offense not being there. I know Will Barton led them in points with 25. Obviously, you talked about Jokic getting ejected. He still led this team with 11 rebounds in his limited uh, 28 minutes. Um, And then uh, leading them in assists was Monte Morris. Um, Yeah, it was just a tough road for the Nuggets here. I guess, Nate, uh, I'll get to you. yeah, we talked about them not having Jamal Murray. I mean, and then they didn't even have Jokic for part of this game. Uh, I guess sort of what can the Nuggets take from this game? And I guess most importantly, this series, I guess, moving forward to try to improve their team. Well, I guess the thing to start with is trying to figure out a way to kind of involve um, all of their players, uh, not just rely on Jokic and Jamal Murray, as good as those players are. Um, there are still some players that um, I still think they're really good. Like um, Paul Millsap, he didn't play um, in game four. I'm not sure why. I feel like he should have been able to add some value to this team in this game. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think he still has potential on this team as um, yet another scorer. He just hasn't been able, um, I guess, to fully adjust yet it looks like um he didn't have the best game but he's kind he's one of those players that he can just get um 20 points for you so hopefully in the future we'll see aaron gordon um doing that and um there there's a lot of um good players on denver i guess it's just kind of trying to figure out how to incorporate them maybe add like a couple of more guys but they should be ready to make another uh, deep playoff run soon. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, Mete, just finishing off with you, um, just looking at the way the Suns team pretty much dominated the whole series, uh, how far do you think this will take them? Uh, that's a great question. I feel like if they played the Jazz, they could make the finals, but I feel like the Clippers can give them trouble. Um, I say that because... The only issue I see with the Suns is their bench isn't the greatest. Even in game four, like I was saying last game, their bench had no double-digit scores. This game was the same. They didn't have the bench score scoring. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, I feel like their bench could hold them back. And with a team that's deep like the Clippers, I feel like they can't match their depth. So... It's just gonna, it just relies on who they draw in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, like I've noticed even uh, how the Clippers are playing the small ball and they're sort of forcing the bigs out of the paint from other teams and then sort of forcing them to guard uh, players at the three point line. So uh, they really make it difficult on you. 
Um, and then, like you said, if they don't have bench scoring, um, then I think it's, it's easy to eliminate, to, to uh, limit uh, a team um, that you're really only getting scoring from, from your top players. And then the moment they go off the, the other team, especially a team like the Clippers would capitalize. So definitely something to watch out for. And um, I guess uh, Monday's games are just getting underway as we're recording I guess I'll quickly get to you guys. I'll start with you, Terry. I guess, uh, who do you see winning the 76ers-Hawks game? 76ers-Hawks game. Uh, for some reason, I feel like the 76ers might win this. Just because of how Joel Embiid, uh, hate comparing, but I feel like Joel Embiid as a player is levels above Clint Capella. Clint Capella, let's not uh, – <coughs> forgive me. Let's not uh, – What's the word I'm looking for here? Discredit. Discredit. Thank you, man. Uh, let's not discredit him. He's a great player and all, but sometimes when Joel Embiid brings him out to the three-point line or even into the perimeter, I mean, I feel like he just finds a way to drive past him on a couple of the plays. Yes, Capella's a great defender, but sometimes when he gets brought out to the three-point line, I mean, it's just like he looks lost out there on a play-to-play basis. With Ben Simmons, on the other hand, I mean, they're doing a great job blocking down Trey Young. So it's on to the hands of Danilo and Bogdanovich and a couple other guys like Tony Snell to just help out with the scoring and then just bail out their stars. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Clint Capella has really been getting bullied by Joel Embiid in this series. There's no question about that. And um, yeah, they're going to need to rely on their scores. John Collins is another one that they'll definitely need to look to for some big time scoring. And Mete, I'll just get to you. Uh, who do you see winning this game? I'm also with Terry. I think the Sixers win this game. Um, I think it'll be a close game due to the fact that it's in Atlanta, I believe. And they don't have Danny Green for this game, I think. So like a lot of people will say, oh, Danny Green's not that great, but I feel like he's a great three, three and D player. He'll uh, make the open threes and he plays solid defense. So I think Philly wins, but I feel like there'll be a close game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's no question about that. And uh, Nate, just getting to you, uh, who do you like in this game? Um, I think it depends on um, what Hawks team we see tonight, especially with uh, Danny Greeno. It's going to be harder to keep up with the Hawks if for some reason they start shooting um, lights out, basically. If they have a lights out night, uh, the Hawks have a chance to kind of take the game. But um, assuming that they don't necessarily have a lights out night and it's like they're kind of good but not quite good enough, then... Um, I'd still say the 76ers could take it. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm also going to side with Philly. I just think this Philly team has just played so well defensively. Um, we talked about MB just pretty much owning the paint at this point. He can even shoot from the outside if he needs to. Ben Simmons locking down Trey Young. Obviously, uh, just, you know, like giving the Hawks some love in the sense that they are home, like Mete mentioned. They do have a chance. It's probably going to be a close game, like you said. Um, I just really like what Philly's been doing. I feel like that that lapse that they had early in the first game is pretty much long gone now. It really looks like the Hawks are on their heels in this series, and I think that Philly just continues their dominance uh, here in game four. But uh, let's just move to the the later game. Um, 
on Monday, and uh, that's the uh, Utah Jazz at the LA Clippers. Obviously, the Jazz are up 2-1 in the series. This time, Nate, I'll be starting with you. Uh, who do you like in this game? Um, I think I still kind of like the Jazz, especially with uh, Donovan Mitchell back. Um, even with the limited minutes he's playing, he's making the most out of every minute that he plays in the game. Um, I think he just scored 32. Um, he, I don't know if he's going to get 32 again, but he might end up scoring close to that. So it's, and the Jazz are also really deep. So it's going to be hard for the Clippers to kind of keep up with that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you. Donovan Mitchell makes this team so much better. Um, he'll definitely be a boost. This will definitely be a close game. Uh, Mete, let me get to you now. And who do you like in this game? I'm going with the Clippers. They're home. Uh, like you mentioned, Kawhi likes going down 0-2. I don't think he's ever lost a series when he's fallen behind 0-2. So uh, I feel like the Clippers can pull this out. I And I'm not sure if Mike Conley's playing. I was I don't think he is. I don't okay. believe he is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a big blow for them. And yeah, I'll go with Clippers here. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Clippers are home, like you mentioned. Uh, that's a great spot for them to tie up the series. But uh, Terry, just getting to you on who you like in uh, the game uh, late night. I thought it would have been the only guy to go with the Clippers, but I mean, I guess everyone realizes what I realize. It's or everyone just noticed something. Uh, anytime Kawhi goes down 2-0, he's a beast. And then the small ball lineup that they brought out with Serge Ibaka out for the whole playoffs, I mean, it's working for them. And I feel like they're going to make Rudy Gobert and company have to work their way, uh, not just from the paint, but from the outside as well. And I think the series is, what, 2-1 currently? And probably after tonight, it's going to be 3-1. But watch us all be fools and Utah wins this. I won't be surprised. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to side with the Clippers here. Um, I just feel like that they really got into rhythm last game. They started playing the way that we know that they can play. Obviously, like Mete, you mentioned, the Clippers usually want to field teams out a little bit. They usually go down 0-2. And like you said, uh, what they say about Kawhi, he doesn't lose series when he goes down 0-2. So I do like them tying up this series. Um and I mean, they're at home, um, you know, Conley's out, Mitchell's not 100%. It's the perfect spot to take this game. I feel like now is the time, if any, uh, if the Clippers want to get back into this series. So um, definitely going to be a great game, and that's definitely something to look out for. All right, let's just take a look at round two so far. Uh, we'll jump into each series and just sort of give our analysis of how our predictions are turning out so far. Uh, we'll start with the series that's already finished in the West, the three, the two, three, the Phoenix Denver series. Obviously, Phoenix swept the series uh, 4-0. Um, I guess, Nate, starting with you, what was your prediction in the series? And I guess, how did it turn out? Um, I don't quite remember, but... I think for um, the Utah Clippers series, I had it. I think I had um, Utah winning. I don't remember what game. Um, I guess like you guys said, the um, I guess with um, 
the Kawhi coming back, Conley is out. They're probably going to, they might tie up the game. So it might end up going to a seven game series. So I guess I'll go with Utah for that. All right. Yeah. We'll just start with the Jazz series then, since that's the analysis you gave us. Um, yeah. No, I'm fine jumping right in there. Um, I know I had Utah in six. Uh, they are up 2 1 uh, heading into the Monday game. So I think my prediction is looking pretty good so far. Um, I think you did have a seven game series. I just can't remember which uh, team you had, but uh, yeah, definitely um, the series is close. And Mete, I'll get to you on the Utah series. Uh, I guess, what was your prediction and uh, where's that? How's that series looking? Like 99% sure I had Clippers in seven. So I think it'll still happen. Like I was saying, why likes going down 0-2 and we saw what happened with them last year when they had a 3-1 lead. They couldn't get it done. So maybe they just like playing from behind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely talked about it. Uh, the whole 0-2 thing with the Clippers and especially Kawhi Leonard dating back uh, even to his uh, Raptors days and possibly his Spurs days as well. Um, yeah, definitely the Clippers feed off of being the underdogs in the series. That's definitely something um, that they that they do really well. And um, I guess, Terry, just getting to you, I guess, what was your prediction and how is it looking? I think I had Clippers in six. Um, it looks good at the moment, but, I mean, this is the semifinals. Anything can happen. Yeah, for sure. The Clippers going to have to go three straight for that to happen. So you better keep those fingers crossed that it happens. But yeah, um, like I said, I had Utah in six. It's looking pretty good right now. If it goes 2-1 the rest of the way for Utah, they should be able to close it out in six. But uh, I guess moving on to the series that I uh, was going to start with, the finished series, uh, the sweep for Phoenix. Um, this time, Mete, I'll start with you. Um, I guess, who did you have winning the series? And I guess, how did it turn out? I'm also pretty certain that for this series, I had Suns in five. Uh, I was just one game off. I gave the Nuggets one game because I was I wanted to give respect to the MVP, Jokic. Uh, so I was kind of wrong there. Um, the Suns were just too good. And then we just didn't have enough depth to win a game at least. Yeah, I mean, I think that Denver could have got that fourth game, uh, if not for the ejection to Jokic. So I think you're pretty spot on, uh, as can be with the the series prediction. And uh, Terry, I'll just get to you, I guess, on what you predicted for this series. Um, I believe in the last episode we I did say Denver, but then right after that, I think I switched up and said Phoenix in six. Um, having said that, uh, I expected more from the Nuggets. Unfortunately, it didn't go their way. They ran into a better Phoenix Suns team. And the Suns punched a ticket into the conference finals. Yeah, for sure. This Suns team really surprised a lot of people with how well they played. And uh, Nate, just getting to you, I guess, uh, who did you have winning and what did you sort of predict for this series? Well, I didn't predict this uh, sweep. I don't think anyone did. Um I don't remember which team, but I think um, it was supposed to be. Uh, I feel like it was. I thought it was going to be a six-game series. Um, I guess I was also expecting um, the Nuggets to really step up. Um, I was also expecting Jokic to make plays for the team, and I thought 
with Jokic's playmaking and his um, scoring, it would be really hard to stop this team. But the Suns found a way to do that. Yeah, I think from what I remember, you did have uh, Denver in either six or seven in this series. So, yeah, you definitely expected it to be close. But, yeah, Phoenix really put their foot on the gas in this one. And, yeah, I had Phoenix in six, I believe. And, uh, yeah, like just exactly what we said, Phoenix just cleaned up pretty quick. They made quick work of pretty much both of their series so far. So I think just heading into the conference finals, they're going to be well-rested. They're going to be ready to go. And I think this team can definitely do some damage in the next round. But uh, I guess just moving to the 1-5 series in the East, Philadelphia 76ers and Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Terry, let me start with you here. Um, I'm pretty sure you picked Philly to win this, but I guess uh, how many games did you pick them in? I think I picked them in six. Uh, If they're continuing what they did in the past two games, I feel like they might do it quicker, but... I feel like Atlanta behind Trey Young, Clint Capella, and maybe John Collins, they're going to have to steal a game. I don't know if it's going to be the game tonight, maybe tomorrow, but they might get one more game. Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely the series is sort of going towards that way. Um, So definitely spot on so far. Um, And then Nate, just getting to you, I guess, uh, who did you have in this series? I think I had um, Philadelphia in the series. I don't remember how many games. I think it was six. Um, I mean, uh, Embiid, he's trying to prove that he's the best center in the league. He wants to be um, one of the great centers that everybody mentions. So he's probably going to be playing his hardest to try to um, put away the Hawks and get um, ready for a I, I guess a game for win. They probably want to win in in five games, ideally. I'm not sure that's going to happen. So I probably still say 76ers and six. Yeah, definitely uh, shaping out uh, to both of your predictions so far. Uh, just getting to you, Matty, I believe you said the Hawks run will end in this series. Um, I guess how many games did you predict Philly to win? I'm pretty certain I put Philly in seven. I was a little bit high on them because they made quick work of New York and then they won game one. So I think I got a little carried away. I feel like Philly will close it in six max, Um, but I wouldn't even be surprised if they won in five games. Yeah, definitely. Philly has just really turned things around since that first half of game one. They almost came back and won that game. I believe they only lost by four there, and then they just took the series by the horns at that point. I believe I had Philly in five. It might have been six, uh, sort of leaning uh, that way as the the series goes along. Um, I think Philly can close it out at home in five, definitely. Um, This Philly team is very good. They're, They're very strong all over the court. Um, there's not a lot Atlanta can do when Philly's really clamping down on defense. So I think that um, our predictions are pretty much looking uh, good so far for this series. And uh, just getting to the 2-3 series, the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series. Um, this time, uh, Mete, I'm going to start with you. Um, I guess, who did you have winning this series and how many games? And I, I guess, how's it looking so far? So I'm pretty sure I had Nets in seven. Um Right now, it's kind of looking shaky with both Kyrie and James Harden out for game five. Um, I'm going to stick with the Nets. I believe in their depth. 
they just got to show up. I feel like it'll still go seven games. And yeah, I'm sticking with my original prediction. Yeah, for sure. I guess Kevin Durant is definitely someone you can believe in. I mean, he's done it on pretty much every stage in his career to this point. Um, I mean, he's done it, whether it's on stacked teams, on, on weak teams, he's just been the best player every single time. So I think that he's definitely going to have to be that player if they want to win this series. And uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, I guess, uh, what was your prediction for the series and how's it working out? I think I had the Nets in six. Um, I mean, mathematically, they still could win six, but it's looking um, a lot more shaky, as Mete said, with both James Harden and Kyrie Irving out. Um, the Nets still have the personnel to definitely compete with the Bucks, if not beat them outright still. But this is also the Bucks' um, perfect opportunity to take uh, game five. If the Bucks take game five, they pretty much have command of um, the series, and it's basically on the Nets to try to take it back. I was actually thinking, should I switch to the Bucks in seven? But I guess I'll stick with the Nets for now, put them um, in the Nets in seven. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is going to be a tough road for Brooklyn, like you guys have said. Um, with a lot of injuries, I guess a guy like Blake Griffin's going to have to step up and sort of be one of those top acquisitions um, that, uh, you know, the team brought in and, you know, just step into the role they envisioned for him. And then uh, just getting to you, Terry, on, I guess, your prediction for this series and how it's turning out. I think I had probably two or three predictions. Um before the whole series started, I think I had Nets in six. Then after game one, when we did our episode, I think that I had them in four, maybe five. And now after the two injuries, I think the Bucks might even win it. Uh, I feel bad for whoever bets on this series. And having <laughs> said that, um, I don't think anyone outside of Milwaukee had faith in them. With that being said, I'll still stick to my prediction, even though it's already probably broken. Uh, I think I had Nets in five at this rate, but at this, uh, Kevin Durant's going to have to pull off a miracle by himself if he wants to do this. Uh, we just heard Harden's out, Kyrie's out. Um, it's going to be Blake Griffin in the bench to help out Durant tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even a guy like Joe Harris is going to have to step up in the series as well. Um, yeah, I believe I had a Brooklyn, whether it was five or six, I don't remember, but um, they're going to have to pull off a miracle if that's going to happen. I'm actually liking Milwaukee and six here. Um, that's just determined by uh, whether those two players sit out again in game six. Uh, if either Kyrie or Harden can come back and sort of lighten the load for Kevin Durant, then um, we might be looking at uh, a Nets in seven. I don't know if, if one of you guys predicted that. I think, Mete, you might have been the one that said Nets in seven, that might actually happen if they can get um, one or both players back for game six. So we'll definitely have to see how this series shapes out. But um, I definitely want to move into previewing the upcoming schedule um, in the NBA, I guess moving forward to Tuesday's game featuring this series. Um, definitely we can take a look at the lines. As of right now, the Bucks are favored by three points. Um yeah, it's just um, one of those things where they see the Nets have a lot of injuries. Even though they're at home, they're still not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, Mete, I'll start with you here, I guess. Uh, do you see the Bucs uh, winning and uh, covering three? I think that's a 
fair uh, line for the Bucks without Kyrie and Harden playing this game. I think the Bucks can cover this for sure. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the way the series has gone, a lot of the games have been close. So having it about a three-point spread seems to be about right. Uh, considering how all the games have gone. Uh, I know teams have been trying to tie up the game late uh, at the end there um, in, in most of these games. So I think that's definitely something um, to keep an eye out for in this game. And uh, just getting to you, Terry, I guess, uh, who do you like in this game? And uh, if it's Milwaukee, do they cover the spread? Fred, you said it was three and a half and three. So having said that, I mean, if Kyrie, well, not if, they are out, Kyrie and Harden. So I would take the Bucks, But for some reason, I feel like this is a trap. Uh, something's going to happen. But, I mean, just not to overthink it, Bucks take them with the spread at three and a half or three at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely uh, looking like uh, a trap considering that Brooklyn is at home, so you can never count out a home team. I guess getting to you, Nate, uh, I guess who do you like here? And if it's the Bucks, do they cover? Um, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I think the Nets are projected higher, but they're that's assuming James Harden and Kyrie are in, which they're not. So um, these two teams are a lot closer now. And I mean, this is pretty much like the perfect opportunity for the Bucks to kind of take control of the series. So I guess going with the Bucks for now is, I guess I'll just go for the, with the Bucks for now. Yeah, I know that um, the Bucks seem like the the likely uh, pick here. Uh, it's really tough because we don't know how this Brooklyn team will respond without two of their stars. I know the Bucks made quick work of this Nets team in the regular season when they were missing multiple stars. So I think I would lean the Bucks just slightly in this game. They probably will cover the spread if they do win, considering how. Uh, the, the games have been about three point spreads or so like the, I think they have the line at the right spot. Um, it's just going to be really interesting to see how this Nets team can sort of adjust. I think Terry, you were talking about Steve Nash, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Just sort of making adjustments there. And uh, yeah, he's definitely going to have to do something um, if the Nets want to turn it around in this game, but I mean, they have home court advantage. That's definitely something that you can't sleep on for sure. Um, and then just moving into Wednesday, uh, it'll be game five of this Phoenix series, or not Phoenix, uh, Philly series. Um, yeah, just uh, looking at it, the 76ers are home. Um, no spread for it yet, so we'll just, uh, I guess, pick winners here. Uh, Terry, this time I'm going to start with you. Um, I guess if Philly's up 3-1, do they close it out? And if it's 2-2, I guess, who, who takes this series? I feel like if Philly's up 3-1, they close out. Um, it's home court, as we all know. Uh, even though Danny Green is considered, I believe he's out for this game. Not a thousand percent sure, but having said that, um, you got guys like Frank Cormaz and then I believe Seth Curry, they're, they're filling into the role of being that three-point shooter. Uh, you always hope for Danny Green's defense with his length and his capability of blocking up a passing lane. But having said that, if it's a two-to-two -two series, um not thousand percent sure, but I might still go with Philly. Uh, Joel Embiid's still a beast in the paint at the three-point line, and he has to deal with Clint Capella. Sometimes I feel like he's more of an interior defender out compared to him being on a perimeter. So I'll take Philly. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think that Philly um, has the slight advantage here. I think I'm also going to go with Philly in this game, regardless of a game four win or loss. I think that home court advantage is huge for the 76ers. They realized that they lost that home court advantage early in game one, and they did, and then they just came back right in game two and just made sure to lock it down. So I definitely uh, like Philly uh, heading in. But Nate, just getting to you, I guess, who do you like in, in game five, depending on which way the series is at the time? I think that um, either way, I would still take the 76ers, um, mainly because they, I feel like they have more balanced offense than the Hawks do. The Hawks have um, lights out shooting, but um, you have good shooting days, you have bad shooting days. And 76ers, they don't necessarily have bad shooters either. They have Tobias Harris, they have Danny Green, they have Seth Curry, so they can keep up. Um, ben Simmons, he may not be a shooter, but he can lock up your best player. So um, they 76ers have a balanced offense and they have better defense than the Hawks. So um, I think if the Hawks take take this game, they might be able to go the distance, but I think the 76ers should still come up on top. Yeah, um, definitely. I think I can agree with most of the points that you said there. And I guess finishing with you, Mate, on this game, um, I guess which way are you leaning depending on uh, what the score is in the series? Yeah, I'm with you guys here. Um, I don't think it will matter if it's 3-1 or 2-2. I'm just going with the Sixers. Due to the fact that they're home, I believe they're the better team. And, yeah, it's just for the spread, if it's, like, a big margin, I'd be kind of careful on betting on the Sixers. But if it's under, like, let's say, seven or eight, I'd be comfortable taking the Sixers, even for a spread. Yeah, absolutely. Sixers at home seems like a good play. Uh, regardless uh, of the spread. Obviously, um, one or two scores is probably the right way to go when it comes to the spread. But uh, let's just move uh, now to game five of the Utah series. Um, I guess um, uh, Utah is home for this game. Series will either be 3-1 Utah or 2-2 Utah and Clippers. So, Nate, I'll start with you. Um, I guess, who do you like in this game, depending on the series score? Um, I think I would, I'd still kind of go with the Jazz even um, with Conley out. They're both very deep teams, but um, I feel like the Jazz should be able to keep up with um, the Clippers and I do have the Jazz winning the series. So I'll go with the Jazz. Yeah, definitely. Um, the home court advantage uh, helps out the Jazz, but um, I guess Mete, just getting to you, um, I guess depending on the, the the score of the series, uh, who do you like in Game Five? All right, so let's say the Jazz are up three one here. I would go with the Clippers, um, just due to the fact that my prediction was Clippers in seven, and I'll back the Clippers even on the road. We saw them win. Was it two or three games against the Mavericks? They were winning quite a few yeah, they road did, games. Yeah. So they're good on the road. It just depends on the season, uh, the series for me. If it's 2-2, I think I'd go with the Jazz and then predict the Clippers to win out the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I do have Utah winning in six. So this is pretty much a must win if it's 2-2. If it's 3-1, 
Um, like you said, it is possible for the Clippers to win. I'm probably still going to lean Jazz either way, just because I feel like Donovan Mitchell will have, will have had a game to sort of, I guess, just test out his ankle just to see where it's at. And if he needs to sit for a little bit in game four, I feel like he'll be more ready to come out for game five. And I guess we don't know Mike Conley's status. He's probably going to be out, but I guess you never know. Um, any additions to this team is obviously a benefit considering how deep Utah already is. Um, any extra players they can add definitely um, helps their cause, um, I guess, in, in any game. But uh, just getting to you, Terry, um, considering the different scenarios in the series, I guess, who do you see taking game five? Well, as Mente already said, Mavericks, even when they were at home, they lost all their games to this uh, experienced COVID team. Having said that, if Mike Conley does come back, uh, you get to decide who you put on the bench, whether it's Joe Ingles or Rose O'Neal. Having said that, that's one less <clears throat> guy to worry about when it comes to their scoring um, on the bench. But if Conley is out, I feel like uh, Utah's going to struggle a little bit when it comes to this uh, bench scoring. And having said that, I feel like the Clippers might win it if Conley is out. So having said that, Conley is a big factor for this Utah Jazz team. Uh, you won't have to rely on guys like Royce or Ingles to score in the starting lineup. So you get that experienced point guard with Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. So that is going to be a plus. But if that doesn't happen, uh, we might see another, not another oh too sweet, but we'll see another Clipper uh, magic or whatever you want to call it at this point. Yeah, I don't know how the Clippers do it coming back and like pretty much trailing series and then just bringing it back. But yeah, um, it's going to be a pretty interesting game, I guess, nonetheless, whether it's 3-1 or 2-2. And uh, I guess that's pretty much the end of the big time basketball episode. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Um and then I guess for the podcast, just check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like, subscribe, share. I guess for YouTube, click the bell for notifications. Just leave us a review, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, guys. Um, it was a great episode. Um, and then we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.